available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network. We are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from USCFootball.com. Liner, gonna try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. to the podcast of champions i'm david woods brewing report online the ucla site on the 24 7 sports network and i'm ryan abraham from uscfootball.com the usc site on the 24 7 sports network and together we make the podcast of champions talking all things pac-12 football david woods there really gonna screw up my audio editing when you do the really loud <laughs> well I, I leave it for the end like the uh whole like saying bye really loud in yeah. some weird way but i figured why not give it a little bit at the beginning True, but then you did everything else very soft. So we have so if yeah, you look no, at the waveform, it's a huge spike, and then you're very soft the rest of the way. Right, right. It's going to piss off a lot of our listeners, I think. Probably. Can I, I'm well, you got to mix it into the intro music, I think. That oh. way, that way, it kind of has a you know, it, it kind of doesn't just like abruptly do it, you know. Mm. Like so, let let it lay over like the last little bit of the music. Okay, so you do, know what I'm saying? You just give me more to do editing wise. Yeah. Well, sure. I do that every time. You'll actually note <laughs> when I edit the show, it's it's linked in with the music. It yes. doesn't it doesn't it doesn't go abrupt cut and then me. No, talking. I've always yeah I was you know put it together that way. You know. That's, do you? Yeah. Is that true? That's true. Well, listeners, first sound off. Never I've never listened to this show before, so <laughs> listeners, sound off. You've never edited the show. Who, well, you've who, done a, who does a better job editing? My solo shows or Ryan just generally? Yeah. You've done you probably edited a couple of our shows. I would say a bare handful. Like if I had like some, you know, major thing to do. And, and by like, a bare uh, by a bare handful, I do mean two hundred episodes. All all <laughs> two hundred. Nice. Well, uh, we are back after a a little vacation, uh, I guess you could say. A little uh, vacation, Ryan. You went to Greece. I did. You went to the uh the foundation of democracy. So, yeah, birthplace of Zeus, Crete, yes. the island of Crete. Exactly, exactly. Um, where the Minotaur was, I believe. The Minotaur, yeah. Like, there's a lot. It's funny. I was reading the history of Crete. It's the the largest like island. In, you know, uh, Greece. It's the southernmost point. And uh, there's a lot of stuff where, like, the, in the history they start with the mythological stuff because there's some. I mean, there's things named after these mythological characters, and like the Minotaur was like. Uh, you know, it was a, a woman that had a, she was forced to have sex with a bull, and the baby was a minotaur, and then the maids, and all this stuff. Like, tale as old as time, right? But there's like some of the stuff is like there's not obviously like the minotaur part, but there's like some factual stuff mixed in with all that, you know? Yeah. And when you're yeah. like you're reading the book, and they're like, according to the Iliad, and then according to Aristotle, they're like, oh my god, like there's stuff in there that's like kind of crazy. Like, that, there's a lot of history there. More, yeah. More than here in Southern California. Did you learn about the Venetian Cretans? I was reading. Yeah, I'm about halfway through it. I got to. I was. It was there at the villa. Mm-hmm. I got to get. I'm gonna buy the book on. You know. But yeah. So there was like, when Venice took over, and yeah. it's funny where it's not like it's not the Italian. It's not like a country. It's like no, a the, city. The city. The the Merchant Republic. of yeah. Venice, uh, holding off the Ottoman hordes for right. uh, for a couple of centuries. But that there. went back and forth and stuff. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So it goes. The right? Ottomans came in, and the, you know, Constantinople. Like well, yeah. So all that stuff. But yeah, it was. Um, Byzantine, like yeah, it was cool. It's like reading all that stuff, but it was it was absolutely gorgeous, uh, beautiful. I've never been to Greece. Highly recommend. Hania is the area that 
I stayed in a uh, lot what of What you might refer to as Chania if you are C-H-A-N-A. from the Midwest. Yes. I, I, when I was flying there, I didn't know how to say it. Like, I, like I got there, right. like, it's Hania. I'm like, okay. So, I, I mean, I literally did you, went did in. Did you like, say Chania a couple of times? Oh, I'm sure. I said yeah, yeah. Ch- or Chania or some crap like that. But I, I think if you were, like, going with, like, the classic American pronunciation of a foreign word, you probably would have gone Chania, right? Because we're, we're always taught, you got to go got to go with the uh, the ah there. With yeah. The a. That make it sound foreign. Yeah, yeah. That's how you make it sound foreign. Not Chania. You know, when you go, like, a country, you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to France. If you don't know any French, you're like, oh, bonjour, like, je m'appelle, Ryan, whatever. You know some stuff. Right, like, you just hold your nose and then talk, <laughs> right? I mean, I could not pick up, I mean, I was in Russia, I picked up words, like, I was having a hard time picking up the words in, in Greece for whatever reason, so. Yeah, just it's, like, a, you know, it's a completely different language. Different, you know, different alphabet, like, that's, yeah, yeah. you know. No, it's a, it would be kind of like Russian. Yeah, the Cyrillic, yeah, yeah in that respect, whatever, but it was. Different. Gorgeous, like fresh fish. Like the lamb was awesome. I ate octopus like six times, which I never eat octopus, but like grilled octopus. The tomatoes, I never want to eat a tomato again. They were so good there. Like, you know, you know, like the the Cretan salads or the Greek salads and stuff. Like awesome. So I would definitely recommend it if you want to go on an awesome vacation somewhere. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I thought we'd record a podcast, but we didn't do that. I was just too No, no, no. We we that was perfect that we didn't. I drank every day. Yeah. Well, it would have been a great podcast then. <laughs> By the time it'd be like 11, 10 p.m. or something, because 10 hour time difference to LA. and they drink Rocky like Uzo, I think, is a, a big Greek, you know, Greek drink. But like and I've had that when I've been to Europe, but at Crete, Rocky, which I think they're, you know, they do in Turkey, too. But it's like a liqueur and they, you drink it like after a lot of meals uh, shots. I did a lot of shots of that stuff. It was great. It was. Mwah, boy. And uh, I texted Petros Papadakis, you know, he's a. Greek guy. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. The name, huh? <laughs> it's really I know, I disguised. Like, I just let him know where I was. He's, all he said back was, Crete is a bloody island or something. I'm like, yeah, there's been a lot of bloodshed and stuff. Yeah, there, yeah, so. no, it's been fought over. Yeah. A bit. And I think I texted him during the game last night. So when, you know, Giannis won or, you know, Milwaukee won <laughs> and stuff. Giannis. Giannis, sorry, Giannis. Oh, my God. Uh, Giannis won, and he was like tweeting all these things about famous Greeks, Giannis and, you know, Plato or whatever, like all this stuff. So it was pretty fun. But yeah, it was, it was great. I, you would lo- I think you would have loved it. I would have loved it. Yeah. But that's you should have taken me. Why didn't I go? Uh, I think you were invited. No? No. I invited no. you to the dinner thing, but yeah, not, maybe no, not. No. Well, you know, I'll take one or the other. <laughs> we'll work on it. Uh, that's a long intro. Would you go do anything fun while I was gone? Like No. Oh, good. No, no. I bided my time. I waited. You're just waiting for this to Patiently. come back. Uh, we everyone on Twitter, thank you for being patient and uh, sorry for the delay. But we're back, and uh, we got better a, than ever. I would say better than ever. Um, we got a preview Pac-12 Media Day, which is next week. I, oh I, God, Ryan's going to talk for twenty uninterrupted minutes about like the media schedule. Are you guys ready? I, Get I, pumped! I forgot to ask you. Did you put in for your credential? Or God you, no, no. Okay, so we were not going to do like some kind of show. Did there. I have to do it by a certain time? Oh yes. Uh huh. Like so by today, you have to have like a you know, show that you're vaccinated. Like so, when we first were doing this, there was no mandate for masks indoors. Now there is. So everyone, if you're going, you have to like send in proof of your vaccination and uh, you know so, fill out so a form. So this is something I should have done. Already. Oh yes, the thing I sent to you like weeks ago. Yeah. And, yeah so that didn't happen. So no, the, no, so no. we won't have us. So I can record interviews and send them to you, and you'll like work on them and stuff, right? <laughs> Probably not. It, what, I don't know if happened. Sorry, have, my <laughs> mic cut out. What? <laughs> I'll have to interview, you know, some people there. It'll be some solo podcast stuff. Or I don't know. Maybe Dave will be home and I can send him stuff and he can, like, help you guys out. But I'll try to get stuff from 
Pac-12 Media Day for our show here. For it's the, the most Pac-12. wonderful time of the year for Ryan Abraham. I do like Pac-12 Media it's Day. It's right up there with spring practice for him. It's a, Yeah. Oh, we didn't get Media Day last year, so. I know. You were deprived. You it were was... deprived of a lengthy spring and Media Day last year. <sighs> yeah, and it, it sort of like ruined me for spring. I didn't even get the Pac-12 I Network I think it ruined your season. I think you were not excited about the rest of the season yeah. strictly because of that. I know it's weird talking about it, but um, yeah. So we'll we'll do that preview. We got a little newsy stuff. We got a bunch of emails to get to, but you can uh, email us pack 12 podcast at gmail.com. Shows should be regularly. I'm not going out of the country or anything coming up soon. So email us, or you can text us, or leave us a voicemail. We got a couple of voicemails today. Four two four five three two zero six seven eight is the number. Twitter at pack 12 podcast. Get in there, do a little tweeting. Uh, the website is pack12podcast.com. Find all the old episodes, reddit.com slash r slash podcast of champions. Hopefully that'll get cranked up a little bit as the season comes along and uh, gets closer and closer. And an Apple Podcasts, follow the show, follow the podcast of champions. Leave us a review. The rating, that's what matters. We want it to be five stars. If you write that we are smoking, steaming piles of poo, but you leave us five stars, we will definitely read it. Probably read it twice. Yeah, I'll be excited about that one. Uh, we have one new review. Oh, good. This is a five-star review uh, delivered on American Independence Day, July 4th, 2021. Woohoo! Uh, from Mrs. Ralphie the Buffalo. Five stars. Lost a bet and had to listen to this thing. Uh, so I lost a bet with my husband, and the penalty was listening to five episodes of this podcast, which he listens to when I am trying to speak about important topics like my favorite reality shows. So I did. There is one guy who is a dyed-in-the-wool commie, like left-of-Lennon commie. He is tiresome. I think he is the UCLA guy, although I don't think he actually likes UCLA, and I don't see how a communist can like American football anyway. The other guy is reasonable and pretty great. I wish the show were just him. Sorry if this is a duplicate post, as my, hus- as my hubby looked for the post I told him I made, and it wasn't there. Maybe the commie guy is a censor, too. That would make sense. Love it. Every bit of awesome. it. Awesome. And you want to know why? Why? Because it was a five-star rating. Perfect. I love it. I think we did get an email from someone like post they they tried to post a review and it looked like our show, but it wasn't or it was only It was like, on some like UK version of iTunes or something. Yeah. That's what they said. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to read that at some point. I'm not sure what's uh what the heck's going on there. But thank you for the review. Uh that's awesome. Um you know I mean, do you okay, do you like it? A lot of the reviews sort of go along that way. Maybe not as mm-hmm. extreme as that one, but they're like yeah, I don't really like David, but I like Ryan. Like, is that cool? Like, is that like honestly, mission accomplished? Honestly, like, I love. Uh, so obviously, who doesn't love a good ego stroke? I love the really complimentary ones okay. of like me and at, at the expense of you. But I equally <laughs> love the ones that are the reverse. The the ones that are like just like kind of milk toast. Oh yeah, it's pretty good. Who wants that? Right. No, yeah. Nobody wants to be pretty good. They want to be either loved, absolutely adored, or just <laughs> hated so much. Like ah, oh, that guy. I hate him so much. That's fun, right? Yeah, it is weird. There's something satisfying to that sometimes, you know, like where yeah. like someone doesn't like you, and you're like, yeah. And when we're you know in this business, sometimes you're like, you know, there's guy on bro. Oh man, David's too negative about Chip Kelly. This is terrible. And then the other guy's like, I can't believe you're like a Chip Kelly apologist and stuff. You're like you're like, I'm probably doing a good job then if I have people on both sides complaining. Yeah, I don't have people on both sides complaining. <laughs> I, I tend to I tend to take uh, I tend to take bold stances. Bold. Bold. Yeah, that's true. Bold positions. I would say I am the furthest. um, I am one of the furthest people on the uh, off the Chip Kelly bandwagon on bro um, as one of the main writers on the site. Um, So, you know, it is what it is. 
I, so your your stances are going to be, I'm going to be so extreme, whatever direction. It's going to be hard to be on the other side of me. Like, well, gonna, the thing is, I don't. You could agree, or you're on like. The, yeah, uh, well, I don't couch it. I mean, it's not as if I'm trying to do it like, um, you know, like sports theater, like a lot of these guys on TV or whatever. Yeah. Um, like these are my opinions. I just don't try to couch it at all. Um, so you know, it's it's uh, you you. I think you get more. Uh, extreme responses to that right yeah like if you take um you know your uncouched stance on something and i just happen to have <laughs> i just happen to have some bold opinions <laughs> yes uh then you get people who are in like violent agreement with you and then you get people who are in violent disagreement with you but yeah. if you're always striving for a middle road you you get people who are like mildly against you or mildly with you yeah, you're not trying to make people happy or anything. You're like, they're, they're, well, you're not I, trying to say what they I, want to hear. I try to say it in a fun and interesting way. Yes. But, uh, you know, if people are unhappy by hearing uh, opposing viewpoints, then I can't help them there. Mm. Yeah, makes sense. I right? And it's funny because, you know, we get along well. And, you know, we have different opinions and stuff, but we've never, like, had, like, knockdown, blowout fights. It's funny. Maybe, like, on Twitter, we'd be, like, no. kind of mean yeah. to each other. But then we talk to the show. We're like, oh, and I, I you know, I we have different whatever but i always respect and you're an intelligent guy i always respect you i always try to listen i'm like you know i try to be like hey i might not agree with this but i want to hear what's going on here yeah well no i mean there's a way to be um i mean there's a way to be uh well so i like to argue like i like to yeah i just like to pick a side or whatever well it's one of my favorite things to do and so like somebody who i don't care what your opinion is but if you're willing and able to get into it then that's great yeah who cares do you have a, like a ra- I have this sometimes you get like a radar of someone has like a super strong opinion on something they're probably not well versed in whatever it is yeah and you're just like oh I'm gonna f- screw with this person right? yeah yeah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, that's, that's one fun. of my fondest pastimes yeah I could see you being like you know someone's like I, no I'm gonna talk about how Reagan well, is the greatest president oh, well, ever I'll, I'll, and I'll, you would do it just so to make that person <laughs> mad you know, like. well I'll be honest with you like um I, I've mellowed in my old age like when I was in college I was really annoying about oh. that like extremely so uh, but I've mellowed in I my can old see age. That. Like, I let people have their dumb opinions a lot of times. Nice. Um, all right. Well, let's do some uh, newsy stuff. So I was over at USC yesterday, David. They're doing like these, their off-season workouts. We used to be able to film them all and all that stuff. Now it's like we can go down and watch the players like come out of the tunnel. And we can, interview, we can get some interviews. So that's actually kind of cool. But we can't watch these off-season workouts, the player-run mm-hmm. practices. But I did find out who, I'm like, have they announced who the Pac-12, you know, next week is Pac-12 Media Day. Oh, and like, I don't I'm going to set the clock. Hang on. Yeah. I don't think 20, they, mi- 20 they, minutes, I think. They didn't announce who, like, who's representing. I asked one of my writers, I'm like, hey, who's representing? Because I was out of the country. I'm like, who's USC going, you know, representing USC? And they're like, I don't know. I'm like, okay. So the SID was there. I asked him. And uh, for USC, it's Keen Slovis and, and Drake London. And uh, I was like, all right. But like, the rest of them wasn't announced. We we're recording the show, and like, boom, right before you walked in. I got the email for the Pac-12. So now we know. All, I think they were making some changes. There's a L.A. County, the mask mandate changed. So now that, you know, that all changed. So, But we now know, and I know you're very anxious. Do what you want to do, Ryan. Read those names. We now know. Do it, baby. You can do it. Um, okay. So Arizona, Jed Fish, the head coach. Uh, wide receiver Stanley Berryhill third, and uh, Anthony Pandy, the linebacker. Okay. I've heard of both of those guys. Good. Let's keep going. Arizona State, Herm Edwards. Jaden Daniels, you've heard of him, right? Mm-hmm. The quarterback. And Chase Lucas, uh, defensive back. He's a stud for them. Okay. For our buddy Justin Wilcox at Cal, Chase Garber's still there. Who knew? Quarterback. Yeah. I uh, love him. And uh, Keone Deng. Uh, I think that's how you say his name. The linebacker. Yeah. Keone Deng. Uh, um, Kwoni Deng. 
whatever you want. Yeah, I it. think yeah. So uh, the linebacker for Cal, you got to have a defensive guy for Cal. Uh, your buddy Carl Durrell for Colorado, Dimitri Stanley, uh, stud wide receiver, and then Nate Landman still there. Amazing linebacker. A lot he of guys. Can, are he kind of broke himself last year, though. Remember? Yeah, but he'll, he's back. Everyone comes back. Yeah, you know because. There's nobody loses anybody this past year. For Oregon, Mario Cristobal, uh, Johnny Johnson the third wide receiver, and then Kayvon Thibodeau, who signed like that multi-million dollar deal with Nike or whatever it was, or with Phil Knight, you know. Mm-hmm. So that'll be fun to talk to him about that. Oregon State, Jonathan Smith, Avery Roberts, they got a good group of linebackers. He's one of them. And uh Jaden Grant, a defensive back. So a couple Johnson Smith, the quarterback, bring two defensive players. I want to say, is that Jaden Grant? Yes. That's the first name that doesn't immediately strike a bell. Yeah. Um, that's true. Yeah. I don't, like, remember. I mean, he's, I don't, uh, yeah. I remember, like, their linebackers more of the front seven stuff than, uh, but, all right. And then uh, David Shaw. We are a Pac-12 football podcast. True. But, you know. He's played in 32 games, 16 starts. <laughs> Okay, so where it is. Uh, making 88 tackles with four interceptions and 11 pass breakups. He was a 2020 All-Pac-12 honorable mention as a redshirt junior. So, so we should know. Sure. We should know. I'm going to blame Angie that we don't know him. We, she's got to, you know, talk about I'm him I'm sure if we go back through the tapes, she's She'll mentioned have plenty several of mention- times. Yeah. The problem isn't her. It's us listening. It's definitely us. Uh, Stanford, David Shaw, uh, wide receiver Michael Wilson, and defensive end Thomas Booker while we're representing the Cardinal. Chip Kelly and UCLA. Did you you want to guess who? Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson. Very good quarterback. Hmm. Quentin Lake. No defensive back. Quantrez Knight. Yes. Uh, Quantrez Knight. Is, is he? He's a stud, right? He is. He he's is. He, he transferred in last year. Immediately assumed a leadership role on the team. So, and he's also a great quote. Oh, so good. Yeah, you got you got to bring Dorian because he's the you know the quarterback. The quarterback, but. Quantrez Knight will be your money quote. All right. I'll talk to him for sure then. I'll go to hey, David Wood says hi. Uh, Clay Hilton, USC. Like I mentioned, Slovis and Drake London, two offensive guys. Utah, Kyle Whittingham. Uh, Britton Covey's still there. Who knew? Wide receiver. Uh, man, he's been there a long time. And Devin Lloyd, uh, linebacker. No lineman. I thought, you know, Utah usually get like a lineman in there. Yeah. They just interchange every year. That's true. It's just like a group. Yeah, we got yeah. eight deep on the defensive line, and they all can play, and they're all really good. Jimmy Lake, uh, Washington, uh, Jackson Kirtland uh, on the offensive line. So that's the first offensive lineman we've seen. And then Trent McDuffie, uh, he's a stud defensive back for the Huskies. And finally, Nick Rolovich, uh, Washington State via Zoom. So Nick is not. I would want to. I want to see Nick in person. Not sure why he's not going to be there. So I'll find. I'll try to find that out. Uh, Max Borgie, the running back, and uh, Jaden Woods, the linebacker, representing uh, the Cougars. Exciting. How long and did I go? You managed to do that in four minutes and 15 seconds. You said 20 minutes. So Yeah. I mean, I, I know you just love reading things. Like, you love reading lists. And so um, I was just uh, I was preparing myself for it. Mm. But, uh, no, you nailed that. You uh, broke it down, and I'm proud of you. So we're not going to be at Hollywood and Highland. Not that you're going to be there. Uh, it'll be, uh, yeah, it's still in Hollywood, uh, the W Hotel, the W Hollywood Hotel. Um, and they're going to have, uh, athletic directors are going to be there. So I ended up running into Mike Bone yesterday. So he's going to be out there for Pac-12 media. That's USC's uh, athletic director. We'll get George Klyovkov, uh, who we're still going to be able to get on the show. I figured 
since I was on vacation. It would have been nice to get them before Pac-12 Media Day, but Pac-12 said we could get them on. So sometime after Pac-12 Media Day, we'll we'll get him on. That'd be great. Um, Merton Hanks, the uh, so, Senior Associate Commissioner of Football Operations. And then uh, Rob Mullins, who's the uh, AD Chair for the Pac-12 Athletic Directors. So we're going to hear from all those. Um, they're actually going to be there on Monday doing a bunch of like other stuff. And then we'll be, get them available on Tuesday. Unlike the sec media days, which are like four days, this is a one day thing, which I think for the PAC 12, uh, works, but yeah, should be an interesting day. Yeah, it should be. You know, it'd be great if you were there. Yeah. I don't, uh, I think it'll be fine either way. I don't think it's going to be great. I think uh, that's maybe you overinflating, uh, as always, the importance and impact of Media Day. Yeah. Um, where it's just a bunch of sweaty people sitting in a room and listening to uh, 80% boring people talking. You get to get, take a picture with like the Pac 12 trophy. Mm-hmm. So- they always have an interesting snack thing going on yes. where it's like themed snacks. Um, like one year it was donuts. The I donut think. wall was pretty good. Like yeah. you could try all the different, you know, it's hard to try all 12. Well, schools. and it was one year where um, after UCLA had uh, had dropped a lot of balls at the receiver position and their donut was Butterfinger flavored. <laughs> <laughs> Little on the nose, I thought. Boom. I like it. Yeah. We need a like a rim job. Uh, drop Not a rim somewhere. job. Not a rim job. <laughs> Not a rim job. Rim shot. Definitely not a rim job. Nope. Nope. The rim shot. Okay. Yep. The rim job. Um, all right. Well, I will be a Pac-12 Media Day. So, you know, Dave won't. But that's, you know, whatever. I still want us to be like one time on Radio Row, like interviewing everybody. I think it would be kind of funny, though, if I, if I after moving to uh, L.A. last spring, if I still just never cover anything in person ever again. I There's... A lot of people do that, right? Like, I don't ever want to go in the yeah. office again. Yeah. Uh, I could see you doing that. <laughs> yeah. I, I see myself doing it constantly all the time right now. You could Nick Rolovich it, you know, uh-huh. Zoom it. Um, Zooming it. I got to find out what that why that is. I didn't even notice that when I – I mean, I just got the email, so I wasn't sure. But uh, we'll, we'll have to find out what's going on there. Because that, he's one – like, that's one guy I want to meet in person and, like, sit down and have lunch with, you know? Because that's one of the cool things is usually, you know, you can – if you want, like, oh, I'm going to go talk to David Shaw, like, go over to the table when he's having lunch and, and chat with him. Um, you know, the local schools, the LA schools, it's harder because there's more local media. So if you want to go, like, if you really wanted to sit with Chip Kelly for a while, he's probably got a lot of people around him. But, you know, if it was Mike Leach, there was times you're just like, oh, he's sitting by himself or he's with the SID or something, like, go over and chat with him, you know. So Nick Rolovich would have been someone to go chat with. That had been fun. You don't seem to care. No, no. I don't. Okay. Well, because I was always covering, you know, UCLA specifically, so I was just sitting there with Jim Mora. Oh, yeah. Super fun, right? It was really great because um, Tracy would want to video him, and we'd be videoing an interview while he's, like, just chowing down on some food. Yeah. And so it's just like, yeah, just Spit. chewing the entire food time. Food comes spitting out on the camera lens. It's like, lens. look, that, that video content, content is sweet, but, yeah. <laughs> You're like, mm, No. Uh, all right, let's see. So this was this came up today. Um, I forget who tweeted out. Do you know? Do you have the tweet anywhere? Uh, so it looks like Houston Chronicle had the scoop. I okay, Houston Chronicle that the SEC is trying to nab Oklahoma and Texas. I think it might have been the reverse that Texas and Oklahoma have reached out to the SEC for potential entry. Oh, okay. That's the way I read it anyway. Okay. Either way, uh, this would sh- send shockwaves through things. Um, Ross Bjork from Texas A&M has already said, we want to be the only SEC school from Texas. Um, 
So this will be really interesting. And I think from a Pac-12 angle, if this were to happen, it would be... uh, I think there's a potential silver lining here, which is this probably signals the breakup of the Big 12, and you might be able to grab some of those. But also, uh, it means the SEC gets even stronger and crazier. And I think it would would quickly accelerate um, a movement towards... Uh, super conferences or um, some new format for how this whole thing's going to work. Okay. Uh, Pete Thamel did tweet out. He said, made a few calls, call them coming. Uh, general feel is that Texas was going to essentially explore free agency after this TV deal. Independent, ACC, SEC, uh, they were going to be active. Uh, and the quote is, there's too much chatter and conversation behind the scenes for there not to be some truth here. Because I know he tweeted out something too where it's like, this is news to the Big 12. Um, so that's interesting. We also have some interesting stuff with the Nick Rolovich thing. So, uh, but we, we, Oh we'll, yeah. I've got the Nick Rolovich yeah. thing. You ready for this? Well, well, hold on. Let's, let's finish off the, the, the Texas. Um, I, I was listening to the Yahoo sports podcast. They call it something else now. I forget what it is. And, uh, Dan Wetzel made like some good points. Like if you want to do the super conference and you're going to do 64 teams or 65 teams, he's like in the NFL, like if you go one in 15, you get the number one pick. Like in college football, you go one in 11, you're not getting anybody like you're going to stay one eleven forever. So if you only do that and you know, this kind of move is pushing you towards that. I'm like, that kind of makes sense. You know, like if you're in the PAC 12, if you're like Oregon state and you start off and you're like, you have one win cause you're only playing good teams. Are you ever going to be able to get over the hump and get out of that? Are you going to be one eleven forever? You know, like it seems, do you think, I think that's kind of what would happen. Yeah. I think to an extent for sure. Yeah. Um, but this is a step towards that if the SEC got like Oklahoma. And obviously the Pac-12 tried to do this. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, 10 the, years the ago. Pac-12 should probably throw its hat in the ring if Texas is really looking for something. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, this would not be good, I think, even on balance, even if the Pac-12 ended up snagging, you know, from the drop-off or whatever, Oklahoma State and some other stuff, it still wouldn't make up for uh, the, the massive benefit to the SEC. Yeah. Um, okay, I know you're chomping at the bit for oh this. Oh, my Nick goodness. Rolovich. All right, so Nick Rolovich, uh, dummy, uh, <laughs> released a statement uh, saying that as the Pac-12 conference has required that all in-person participants at next week's Pac-12 Football Media Day be fully vaccinated, I will participate remotely. Why? I have elected not to receive a COVID-19 vaccine for reasons which remain private. Yes. <laughs> Like, no, okay. I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm like, this is just, this is it, the fun it, you it need. Is, in it is in the words of Darren Ravel, tremendous content. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So, uh, okay. I'm not going to speculate about his reasons. Maybe he's got some autoimmune thing, right? Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? Maybe? No. No, it's not that. Um, Come on. Is it? No, it's not. I, I think... Uh, He's a, Nick he's Rolovich a, is very obviously the 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 coach in the Pac-12 now that Mike Leach is gone, who's most likely to be a no. I'm not injecting Bill Gates into my body, right? Yes, I would think there's some conspiracy stuff going on. There's some, you know, he might have the own network on every once yeah, in a while. No, like you will not change my DNA, sir. You will not do it. Yeah. Um, well, I'm. Yeah, I mean, it just didn't know. So the email just came out, and we weren't sure why, and I hadn't heard. And I'm like, oh, maybe I missed it, but we didn't. So this is awesome that this is going right as we're recording. I love it. I mean, for George Klyavkov, and he's got some interesting stuff because of what we just talked about. He tweeted out something along the lines like, oh, my, you know, 
interesting first month on the job, you know, that, that, that uh, Texas and Oklahoma go to the SEC. But now he's going to be dealing with this. Like, obviously, he's going to be asked about it. Um, I think if you're the Pac-12, it's probably better not to publicize this, right? Like, it's probably to say, all right, we're going to let you come. We want you to take a test. Wear a mask when you're not, you know, by yourself or whatever. I, if you're trying to deal it from a PR standpoint, I don't think I'm changing the guy's mind. Like, whatever it is, he's not getting the vaccine. I still, I would rather have him there and like not, not make it a big deal. Now it's going to be a big deal. Yeah, but they've got to have policies. Like they've got to, if they're if they're saying that everyone has to be vaccinated, and one guy says I don't want to be vaccinated, well, they're not going to change it just for that coach. Um, so, no, I mean, unless he had proof of some sort of disorder that prevents him from getting a vaccine, which I don't even know if autoimmune deficiencies prevent you from getting this vaccine. I haven't even looked at that. But no, um, no this is a personal choice thing, and. Uh, now, I think they're probably content to make him look like a dope. Um, and from a PR standpoint, I think the PR would be worse if it comes out that they allowed a completely unvaccinated coach to be there just because he had a, you know, a weird uh, conspiracy thread in his brain. <laughs> you know? I mean, there's definitely... Uh, by the way, by the way, like, where is he now in the ranking with Mike Leach from, like, a conspiracy wacko perspective? I... I haven't heard of this, Leach. This shoots him up. I, I would think, think so. Um, does, is Leach vaccinated? Like, do you, I don't and know. That's a great question. I don't know. That's a great question. Everyone, I want you to get into your computers, do some research. Is Mike Leach vaccinated? Um, and there's, if you watch, so the, the other media days are going on now. I think the ACC came out and said, like, at least half of their teams are 85% vaccinated or more. Right. I think in the SEC, it's only like LSU, Alabama, and Georgia that are above the 80% threshold, but like the best teams are like, they're like, Hey, we're not letting anything screw up the season. You're all getting vaccinated. Um, so that's the numbers are a thing. Well, it's that's still not thing, everybody that's the thing is like for Rolovich to do this. His conspiracy brain is more powerful than his psycho coach brain because all these guys have psycho coach brain, right? Which is like, Win I will control, I will control all variables. I will make sure that nothing impacts the team and the mission, but his conspiracy brain is actually more powerful. Like, think about how powerful that conspiracy brain is that it overrules Coach Brain. Because Coach Brain is one of the most powerful sociopathic machines in the entire world. True. And this... You cannot watch this our is, teams lift because you'll get a, right. an edge. This is somehow overpowering that. How impressive. I, I can just stand in <laughs> awe, actually. <laughs> so we sort of had, like, a comeuppance thing, like the karma deal when the ASU stuff came out and, like... Oh, the team's the only team that missed three games for COVID was the team that brought in recruits from all over the country. Like, Washington's going to miss a game because the head coach <laughs> is like COVIDy and like got a lot of. And we, we, if the head coach is not vaccinated, I can't imagine they're really pushing all the players to get vaccinated. So you would have to guess when the numbers come out, who which Pac-12 team has the le- you know, lowest percentage of vaccinated players. I would have to guess it's going to be Washington State unless they're like rebelling, like. Our coach is crazy. We're all getting vaccinated. Like maybe right. it works the other no, way. But if, if he's not doing it, then you can't imagine he's pushing it. Right. Right. So he doesn't push it. He gets it. Some of his players get it. And like Washington State, like is the only team in the country to miss a game. Right. Or something like that. Like, can you? I can see that happening. We're talking about this six months from now. Like, can you believe Washington State missed a game when no one missed COVID games? And and then you'll just point to this tweet. Yeah, and you'll be like, oh, remember that time when he said, "I'm I'm not going to go to Pac-12 media day because I'm not going to get vaccinated." Holy crapola. Okay. That that was funny. 
Because it was just like we love it. Just like you were wondering, it. you wanted to know. I wanted to know, and then Twitter delivered. That's how I figured out the the mask thing. Like I wasn't checking Twitter when I was in Greece, really. And then, like one time, I looked at my phone and just pulled up the Twitter app, and like literally the first tweet I saw came a minute before and said. The mask mandate was happening for LA County. I'm like, son of a bitch. That's why I'm not opening this app anymore. <laughs> um, wow. Uh, Molly Knight tweeted, Nick Saban got 90% of his team vaccinated. Nick Rolovich is not attending Pac-12 Media Day because he's not vaccinated. Big yikes. Yeah, I would say, like, you want to follow, like, what these teams are doing. Now, I think Dabo can be a little weird about that stuff, right? Like, I'm wondering what – I think Clemson's – I think I saw something so they were well vaccinated. I, I think okay. So here's if I'm assessing the brain there. His coach brain. His coach brain it, yes. is more powerful than Nick Rolovich's coach brain. But it probably pains him to. to oh, it hurts. Yeah. It hurts really bad. But, but he's coach like, brain wins. I can't affect the mission. Yeah. I got to do it. Um, and coach brain beats conspiracy brain there. Yes. But it's close. It's <laughs> neck and neck. Now Nick Saban, I don't think he has any other brain besides coach brain. Right. That's it. No, he's done commercials for vaccinations and stuff. So he's like... Because yeah. he doesn't want anything affecting the mission of coaching. Exactly. Like including the surrounding community having community spread and thus making it so that his team might get it. So he's going to... He, he wants he's that vaccine. fix the community. Yeah, yeah. And we, I mean, last year, I think his team got COVID early so they wouldn't get it later. Like, I feel like Coach Brain worked... You know. Look, I, I, you cannot underestimate Coach Brain. No. Um, um, it's a truly powerful thing. But for Nick Rolovich, uh, Coach Brain did not win out. No, Coach Brain, Coach Brain might have been killed here. This, Cons- this is he's now living in conspiracy brain. Well, tough place to be. Okay, now can I ask you? Do you want to go to Pac-12 Media Day now? Now I do. <laughs> See, that's actually why. I just want to jump on that Zoom. Oh, you can. I bet you. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, probably can. I bet you they have Zooms. I don't think they're gonna do everything in person. I'm gonna jump on that Zoom. Yeah. Uh, holy crap. Like what, what is it going to take to get to like a, a question about, you know, like uh, Jaden Delora, like coming back from suspension or whatever? Like how long is that going to take before you get through like 50? Um, why did you get vaccinated? Questions? No, that's the first question. Yeah. Whoever. And it's going to be some columnist who asked it too. Right. Like, dude, why are and, you not getting vaccinated? And then a follow up. And then like. The columnist I bet, I bet it's this. I bet it's like a few questions, and he's like, I'm not talking about that anymore. And then somebody else asks another question, and he cuts it off. That's my prediction. Ooh, I like it. Okay. Um, well, there's that. This is uh, We picked a really good time to start recording the show. Like, Love it. If we did it this morning. Breaking this, news here on the this, Podcast this, of Champions. This would suck. Uh, okay, so we did Pac-12 Media Day. Um, the NIL stuff, I mean, the Kayvon Thibodeau thing was big, right, with, uh, with Phil Knight, you know. But Nick Saban was talking to some like high school coaches or something and like dropped a little mini bomb that everyone talked about. I think Lane Kiffin kept talking about it on his turn at SEC Media Day that Bryce Young, you might know him. He was a Southern California quarterback, committed to USC for quite a while. Uh, modern day high school, go, ends up at Alabama, thought they were, he was going to win the job. Uh, Max Jones did, Mac, Mac Jones did and uh, did really well. Yeah. Um, but now it's Bryce Young's turn. He apparently has close to $1 million in NIL deals already. And he has started as many games in Alabama Crimson Tide uniform as you and me. Pretty exciting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, this is uh, one of the things is like um, one of the fears of this is that uh, the rich get richer. Um, and you could look at this as an example of that. Um, but um, 
it remains to be seen what the whole landscape is going to look like. Um, yeah. I would guess that Alabama was pretty prepared for doing something like this. They've also got a lot more bag men who may want to be legitimized now. Um, so yeah. getting the money out in a uh, more above board, ba- above board way, um, you know, this money may have already existed in some ways. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think it's a matter of um, essentially – a lot of other schools, particularly in the Pac-12, where uh, I think the, the the history of cheating hasn't been as robust, to really build up their networks of people who are willing to give money to players yeah. in the programs. Because I think, you know, I, I obviously every school cheats to some level, and I'm sure every school has paid somebody at some level, but it's not to the extent that it happens in the SEC. Um, so for the Pac-12, it's a matter of you know, people who've been trained to donate to the AD or donate to a building or whatever, train them now to, okay, uh, you're now going to use your business to, you know, sponsor an endorsement deal of whatever this player. Um, but it's a matter of like using that sort of stuff now. Um, and, uh, probably not overly restricting the process until there's some legal thing in place that's going to restrict it. Like don't impose, because the Pac-12 also loves to self-impose like restrictions on these sorts of things. Oh, yeah. There's no legal restriction really right now. Just do whatever the hell you want, and then if you have to walk it back later on, you have to walk it back later on. Because the NCAA, just, they, they screwed this they up. They said it's a free-for-all, basically. Yeah, so it's a free-for-all, so you can pretty much do whatever you want. It's funny. People were talking about, they argue on the message boards about this, and like, oh, this guy, this, and they, they still use some of the old vernacular, like, well, this was just a way for a booster to funnel this kid money, and they're doing it through this, and like, the booster doesn't have to come up with like the booster can give the kid money. Like, Oh, you're representing my brand here. Wear this pin. Here's uh, $50,000. Like there's no like funnel. Like this is like, you can do it. Like you're allowed to do it. Whatever your business is, this kid's going to represent your business. Um, so yeah, I'd be curious to see what ends up coming of that. Uh, a lot of NIL deals. I don't think it's necessarily a rich, richer thing because like Bryce Young will get that. He hasn't played. There's going to be some five-star players on Alabama's team that aren't going to be getting crap, right? So, but they're like, well, if I was at, um, you know, if I was at Louisville, I would be the million-dollar guy. Where I'm in Alabama, I'm like the fifth best five-star guy, and I get something. So, like, they, I don't know. It might help distribute stuff too. That I don't think it'll. I don't think it'll have have a distributive distributive aspect. I don't. But I also don't think rich getting richer is actually as significant a deal as people think. It's the schools that already had a bunch of disposable cash. I mean, it's the schools that already were cheating, uh, but by which I mean fairly paying players whatever they thought was market rate. Right. Um, And so they're going to cheat more. um, And legally now, um, by cheat, again, I mean fairly pay players market rates. Um, But rich getting richer does not imply that there's going to be like this seismic shift. Already they're like six schools that can make the playoff anyway. So it's not like it's going to change the power dynamic that much. The power dynamic is already significantly imbalanced. Um, it's just, you know, if if there are... So there's, I think, an opportunity here still for like schools like USC and UCLA because they're in the LA market or, hell, Rutgers, right? Because they're proximate to yeah. New York or whatever. Um, Stanford and Cal, because they've got all that Bay Area money and, you know, Bay Area billionaires who went to those schools. I mean, Washington, Oregon. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of opportunity here based on, like, those sorts of things, but it's a matter of building up those networks. Alabama, they've been trained for years to funnel their money to players. So doing it in a legal way, fine. Um, but 
you know, these other areas, they need to get better at that. So um, if they can all establish their networks of how to legally funnel this money, then, um, yeah, maybe there could be some balancing. But it takes some time, I think. And there was another, like, NIL news thing I wanted to pick your brain on. Uh, Texags, I believe. So that's what, like, of our sites, like, I think it's probably the biggest in the country. It's huge. Um, It's, I mean, huge staff. uh, It's It's it's, got a huge staff? A huge staff. Uh, Okay. There's a lot of people that work for that site. They get a crap load of views. They got a crap load of subscribers. It's no, you know, sort of like, it's more of a, Sometimes it almost feels like a mouthpiece for the university as opposed to like covering the team objectively, I guess you Huge could say. Huge staff mouthpiece. Got it. Okay. So, yeah. He's a, um, kind of homery, more homery than like mm-hmm. what you would look at some other sites or whatever, but whatever. It's big. They did, they announced a deal. Two of the Texas A&M players will be getting $10,000 each from Texags and another company that they've partnered with and stuff. What's uscfootball.com doing, Ryan? So that's, so that's what I'm asking you about. Like the, and they'll get some exclusive interviews or something. Um, obviously, this is like a can of worms. Like, you know, I've talked to different journalists and like, yeah, you can't. If you're talking about journalism and ethics and stuff like you paying somebody to interview them is not the road you, te- you know, typically want to go down. But we're starting to see some of this happen. So not something I'm going to do. Like I actually, you know, people have talked about it. I'm like, yeah, it's just not something, you know, but. You think that's going to be happening. It's just so weird because now you're like cutting out the SID. I mean, like if you're like, okay, I want to interview this player now, but I'm paying him. So I'm going to interview him later too. And you have, you can't say anything about it. Like there's some weird stuff that could be mm-hmm. going on here. Yeah, there is. Um, let's start here though. Okay. We're, we're not actually journalists. Come on. Like, we're journalists. Are we? Like, are we really though? What do you, what do you think? Like, are sports journalists really journalists? <laughs> <laughs> no, but like at a fundamental level, um, so much of this, sh- this stuff uh, is based on like this access, right? Where if you do piss somebody off too much, they will deny you access. Like what's True. happening with the Deion Sanders thing. Sports journalism exists in this very odd ecosystem where it's uh, just entertainment journalism and it's rarely serious. It's about covering games for the most part. Obviously, True. there can be underlying dynamics at play that you can report on or not, however you choose. Uh, but for the most part, it's basically being the mouthpiece for um, a lot of these teams and coaches, at least for the most part, how it's actually utilized. So I think we can be a little precious about it um, and say it's like hardcore capital J journalism. But is it? Yeah, I don't know about capital J, but you try to do so. Well, well OK, would you be willing like, hey, we're a bro. We're going to pay Dorian Thompson Robinson to come on our podcast once a week or something. Would no, because I'm not that interested to talk to Dorian. But well, like in a situation where like it's um, no, I'm going to pay you. I'm going to pay a player every year ten thousand dollars. You just got to give me the inside scoop on your team. Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding? That'd be great content. It would be great content. Uh, it's got to make sense. We're not like rich sites that can make, you know, just like throw money around as much. But like I mean, Texags is, is, I mean, that's the richest site. Like that's the, right. um, so they could pay 20 grand for that. And I'm sure some of it's coming from, but part of it would just be too, like you get your name out there in a national scene. Like that's probably worth the, you know, the fact that we're talking about it, like, and other people do, they probably got their money's worth from doing oh, it. Oh, I bet they did. Yeah. I bet they did. Without even doing these interviews and stuff. Well, and that's the part. The, uh, maybe that's more the distinction because, like, the way you operate, 
you're operating as a journalist, but you're actually the owner of a company. You're like, you're the owner of a business. Yeah. And so there's like this, um, like uh, true journalism, like the way they talk about it is like, you're doing a public service, right? Yeah. What public service are we actually offering? We're not offering a public service, it's a private service. True. And it's people paying us money for information about recruiting, about all this other stuff. And so you got to do the best thing you can to get that information, right? So it's a different it's a different motive, I think, than like the traditional journalism, right? Which is yeah. like providing a public service, providing information, disclosing things, all that kind of stuff. And so I've noticed it like um, at UCLA when we covered things with like LA Times reporters or whatnot. It's a slightly different motivation, right? Like we're not trying to hold their feet to the fire all the time because we want to, you know, continue to have access to get all the like scoops on recruiting and stuff, right? And so it makes this this weird dance. Whereas, you know, the the true journalists in the argument even though we're talking about sports journalism they can sit there and you know just hammer them because they don't really care one way or the other yeah well, it's funny when you get a big j journalist coming into your world like if it's a you know five-star recruit and we know how to play the game like if you go over to modern day and like you know this kid's committing to ucla and you do a pre-interview so you interview the kid before he announced you promise you're not going to say anything right. about his and then thing. you publish it right when he announces. Right. Um, and we do that all the time. You got you know, those stories with quotes right after a kid announces. You didn't transcribe yeah, yeah. that in a millisecond like you did it before. Well, you got like if an LA Times guy came in there and the kid said, I'm going to UCLA. He's like, I'm going to say he's going to UCLA. He doesn't care. He doesn't have to go back. Like we have to go back to modern day. If we went and we ruined this kid's day. Right. They probably wouldn't talk to us again. So, like, you just sort of play that game. So, I, yeah, I get it, you know. Yeah, it's tricky. I mean, it's tricky. And um, I think that's why a lot of people, uh, there's a negative connotation with access journalism, especially in other industries, like in the politics industry, because, like, there's the public service demand, right, that you need to provide a public service. So, like, when you hear something, you have to report it. You can't just yeah. use it for future access. With us, it's a little bit different because, like, what public service are we actually offering? like correct coverage of football games. Yeah. Um, it's just like, no. So, it's an appreciated service. I mean, right. people like, you know, well, and, and certainly people like tell you all the time. They're like, oh my God, I just love the team and I you make me closer to the team than oh, I've ever absolutely. been. absolutely. Yeah. And, and I, I, it's valuable to people and I don't mean to denigrate that. I just mean to say um, uh, basically that it's, it's you know, something where the, the service is the information, um, not necessarily, you know, whether or not you're being a, a true uh, journalist and, yeah. hold, you know, holding them accountable and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And what I'm saying is go uh, go pay Keaton Slovis $10,000, right? <laughs> I literally just talked to him yesterday for free, so I don't know. One-on-one <laughs> -on -one even, too. Um, all right, let's take it. Wouldn't a it be sick if you put uscfootball.com on his pants, though? Like, just nice. add the dot .com to the USC football there? I wonder. Uh, that, that would probably not go over well. But, probably not. Uh, yeah, but it'd be good. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and answer questions. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your 
time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, we're back. Actually, a little break. Um, I saw my, my co-host over there. Just sweating. Sweating a little bit. I'm like, let's turn on the AC. Hey, um, you're, not, you're not dry yourself, okay? I know. All right, buddy? It's warm. It's warm in uh, this little office. Uh, it is. It's a bit toasty. I so the window faces the where the sun is setting, and usually as the sun goes down, I had to put like film on the window. That didn't mm-hmm. really help. And now there's full on shades, um, like blocking it, but still doesn't help. It's still gets warm you need there. to get uh, full on blackout curtains. I think. Ooh, that'd be good. That's yeah. the only way to do it. Yeah. It just um, gets warm. It's a huge window. The whole wall is a window. Yeah, it's just a lot of glass. You're gonna have yeah. a tough time with that. Um, yeah. But I have AC. I just you know don't always turn it on. Right. You don't want to pay that bill. I get it. My crew. I was a little behind the scenes. My crew was here last night recording a podcast. I get in here. The AC's on on all night. Come on, people. Yeah. You're like, no, that doesn't pay for itself. Yeah. I pay for that. I pay for you that. You should stuff. take it out of their wages. That's a good idea. Or <laughs> make them work it off. <laughs> I need two extra content items for the pay for the AC. Yeah. yeah no. Um, all right. Well, we got a we got a bunch of questions. We have. Two uh, voicemails, and we got some emails and stuff. Do you want to do a voicemail first, or what would you like? I'd love a voicemail. Love to hear the sounds of our listeners. All right. Uh, this one has a, a Donald Rumsfeld reference in it, so why don't we play this one first? Beautiful. Because you would love that. Mm-hmm. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Perk. Uh, I just wanted to offer my condolences to Dave on the passing of uh, former Secretary of Defense Donald Rumsfeld. Uh, I'm sure that hit pretty hard and was on his mind during the Fourth of July weekend. Uh, I just want to get your guys' thoughts on um, the name, image, and likeness rule and the uh, potential uh, rule, the rule change with players can transfer and, and not have to sit out a year. And I was wondering what kind of impact you think that would have on some of the major programs. Um, you know, if you see it having a real negative impact or potentially helping them just get some really good players who maybe didn't get a chance to play at a high major level and uh, are just looking for an opportunity to try and make it to the NFL. Thanks, guys. So two different things, right? NIL and then the... I think it may be how they interact. Um, hmm. I, I don't think there's going to be a blanket like, oh my God, you passed this rule, now all this is going to happen. I think you adjust, like, we're humans, we adjust. Like, all of a sudden, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, it's hot, we, like, turn the AC on. Whatever, we make, you kind of adjust on the fly, and I think that's what we're going to see happening. And it might, 
it might not just be like, okay, Alabama gets everybody even more than they do now. It might be you get more distribution. I don't know. I mean, I think it's going to be different case by case. It's just you've changed the game. And how do you adapt to it as a program, as a student athlete? I mean, we saw the the early signing period was a big change in recruiting, right? It mm-hmm. completely changed when everybody signs. I know schools, some schools got caught with their pants down. USC was still thinking like, we'll sign a couple guys in December and everyone else in February, where the rest of the, you know, most of the rest of the country was like, nope, we're signing everybody early. And that first year, they, they didn't, they didn't adjust. Well, then, you know, afterwards you do. I think a lot of the same things can happen. Like rules have changed. How do you adjust? Is your program, you know, are you going to be able to track these players? Players have their own ideas of what they're going to do. Companies are going to have their own ideas. So I, I think it's just like this, hugely it's a dynamic machine that's going to you've just changed some of the inputs and now we're going to see what the outputs are yeah i think that's right um uh with the transfers and uh everything to do with that i would say my instinct is that it will have a uh the result will be fairer distribution of talent um but what that probably means is a uh a more level uh uh I think the best performers at the like mid major or group of five or FCS levels are going to move up, right? Uh, and the you know guys who are on the bench in the you know power five are going to move down. What that probably means, though, is you're probably going to, I mean, in the long run, maybe end up with fewer NFL guys from the group of five level, like fewer pro potential guys because they will move up. Um, but you might end up with uh, teams that have top to bottom uh, a little bit more talent than they used to. Uh, because they're getting transfers in that had Power 5 ability, um, but maybe just couldn't quite hack it at that level, but they're group of five-plus players, and maybe more of them end up at the group of five level. Um, or it could just like net out as basically negligible difference because of that effect, where the top performers might leave, but then you get more of this baseline talent coming down uh, into your level. Yeah. I think the interesting thing would be if you see a shift where it's like, say you go to the 12 team playoff and Boise state ends up being like a perennial, like a power, you know, like, mm-hmm. because, Oh, now they're like, they have an easier path to the playoff. More players are going there and they're in it. And, you know, or like, does anyone fall off? Now we've seen big programs fall off all the time, but does one that's not necessarily a traditional power, like a Michigan state's made the playoffs, right. And they got drudge. Um, what if they got some huge booster and they got a whole bunch of five-star guys and they just became a, like they, you know, them in Ohio state or like running the, the big 10, like we're a team that, you know, maybe was good, but wasn't like a Clemson or whatever. It becomes like a, you know, adds to that group. That would be interesting if you see any kind of shift in the power structure up or down. Yeah. I mean, I think both, both rules will have, um, uh, unpredictable effects. Um, it's, it's just, hard to know exactly how nil and then the transfer rules are going to affect things um but it's both are good uh because they put more power in the hands of the players more rights in the hands of players more money in the hands of the players um but the effects for all these teams just completely unknown so when you so you're trying to fix a problem and uh you get the unintended consequences thing like here's my solution to this problem and sometimes it's short sight, whatever it is. Or, 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 well-intentioned is fine. What is it, the road to hell paved with the whatever good intentions? Um, whatever that saying is. 
this is like you don't even know what you're doing. Like this, there's there's going to be unintended consequences to you. You don't even know what you're the solution you were trying to achieve. So mm-hmm. there's we're not sure what like the intended solution besides like players getting money. And then also like, oh, I never thought of that. There's going to be so many weird outcomes and it's it's not going to be a cookie cutter thing. Like this is how it works for everybody. It's going to be, I think. No, uh, but this is the way I think um, drastic changes, you know, have to be made, right? So they're trying to, so NIL, give players money, right? Figure out a way to do that. So start unrestrictive, start at the point they are now, and then see what is working and what isn't. Um, and then add restrictions later on. That seems... Uh, like a better approach. And then with this transfer rule, same deal. Um, you know, start at, yeah, you guys can transfer freely and we'll see how that works um, and see if that's fair. I would say if you go look back at the, um, when players were allowed to leave high school and go to the NBA and then they made the one and done, there were successes, right? You had mm-hmm. like Sean Kemp and you had Kobe and guys like that. Uh, I mean, LeBron, whatever, but like, but there was a lot of failures and there's kids that made some bad decisions. Like they should have gone to college or whatever. You can't legislate out the ability for someone to make a bad decision. No, no, no. And I would say, honestly, though, it's gotten even worse. Um, Like the amount of guys who go and don't get drafted now is insane compared to what it was in 97 uh, when it was the high schoolers. Like generally speaking, the high schoolers who went and did that were guys who were going to get drafted, like, top 15. Um, yeah. I mean, would, there were some that did. Some didn't. that didn't, for sure. But, like, uh, for the most part, the guys who were doing it were the true, like, oh, wow, this guy's an uber prospect. Uh, now you get guys who are, like, these fringe players. But there's also much more of a, a sense of, like, what's available internationally now. Like, there's a lot of ability to have um, a nice basketball career. And make a living. And right. make a living for – and make more than a living. Make a really nice living for 15 years – Playing in Turkey, playing in Greece, playing in Ukraine, playing all over the place um, with what you can get just internationally. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of just taking a a point to the aside. But, um, no, I mean, you're never going to figure out everyone's bad choices. Um, You're never going to fix all of that stuff. But um, allowing people choice, like allowing people the ability to, you know, make their own decisions – that's better. I mean, I, I think the NBA should go back to, we'll allow you to come right out of high school yeah. um, and uh, and let the chips fall where they may. I mean, I would say college basketball, when that was happening, was certainly a better product than it is now. Yeah. The the one-year thing, the guys are there for a semester. Um, it's, you got to let people make mistakes. But I think if you look at the evidence like you were talking about, there's a lot of guys that shouldn't be coming out, you know, like and they still do, yeah. even though like, you're going to look at the successes more, you know, you don't look at like, I want to buy a lottery ticket. Cause you, you remember buying 5,000 losing lottery tickets over the past year. You saw that one guy win on TV and that's why you're buying it. So it doesn't matter if you look at the percentages of like, yeah, you're probably not going to succeed doing this. It's not, you know, and, and this is a case where is there someone to sign a bad deal that they shouldn't have. And that's going to preclude them from having a better deal when they sign, you know, probably, but like you can't, you just can't regulate that stuff out. You got to let people make mistakes. And I like, I, yeah, like you're right. Just, Hey, you're allowed to do it now. Is there going to be some universal, uh, regulation we can put in this? That's going to save a bunch of people from making bad decisions. Then, you know, maybe you do that down the road, but for now, yeah. just like, 
No, let, but let I, people step in shit. What I loved you know? is the trolling from so many people right after this uh, ruling from the NCAA that, uh, oh, my God, all these players are going to have to figure out taxes. It's like, yeah, y- you know what I screwed up? The first job I had? Taxes. My taxes. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're going to figure it out, and they're going to screw it up. Like everybody does when they first make money. It doesn't... Yeah. That's not a reason not to pay people money. It's just, yeah, it's a thing that they're going to screw up, especially because this will come as like probably 1099 income, right? right. So they're really going to oh, screw yeah. it up. It's going to be really bad. <laughs> a lot of these guys are going to owe like tens of thousands of dollars in taxes. That's life. You, you, things happen. Right. And then you get on the sicky like 1.5% interest federal tax refund payment plan or whatever, and you're good. Look, am I saying that from experience? <laughs> yes. But... You're good. And then, like, 10 years later, you're still paying back your taxes from, like, 2011? It's fine. It's no big deal. The federal government, very forgiving. It, it does come back to, like, the fact that we don't have, like, a personal fi- – and we've talked about this in the podcast before – like, a personal finance sort of class anywhere. Like, but, this is the, but this is the whole point, Ryan. The whole point is you're not going to train idiocy out of people. Like, look. True. You're just not going to do it. Uh, the only the only thing that actually trains idiocy out of people is living, and that's that's it. And it doesn't even guarantee that. No, you, you go through it, and you don't. You hope not to make the exact same mistake over and over yeah. again. I, but we, you're gonna make that first mistake every goddamn. It's time. hard to understand sometimes because, like, we we you know we grew up in a very meager household, and like I just my first job when I was 15, I made like 3.35 an hour. I hated taxes, like seeing like the little money I made, like what is social security? Why am I paying FICA or whatever, all that stuff. So, but when I got like a real first engineering job in Silicon Valley, I was like, I'm loaded. I, I, you know, I had this great income. Like I'll never have to worry about money again the rest of my life. And I had coworkers that were working with me that made more money than I did and were like broke and just like, I'm like, I couldn't fathom. And then you start to realize, like, it doesn't matter how much money you make. You can always spend more than that. And if you're just dumb with your money, it doesn't matter if they gave you a $10 million contract or you make it $10 an hour. You can spend more than you make. And I just I just wasn't wired that way, so I've never – but, yeah, it's like one of those things you learn. Like, people are going to screw up. It's just – Yeah. doesn't matter what – you know, you could – there was some book I read, and I don't know if, how much fact it was, but there was, like, a lottery. It was, like, this guy fixed the lottery, and – every month like picked some down and out person to win and he would take a percentage of it or whatever. Um, and they like, part of the reason he got caught was because there was a huge percentage of people that win the lottery and go bankrupt. And right. like the people that he picked, he managed their money. So they all didn't go bankrupt. So it was like this pattern of like, what is going on? Like somehow that worked into it that he made it. So these people wouldn't go bankrupt, but like, yeah, you can, dump a truckload of money in someone's back door and they can blow it all. Like it's just that, that happened. We've seen it. Yeah. If if you'd like to experiment with it, I'd be happy to be the (laughs) test case. Hopefully you have fun along the way. I would. Um, I think that book was called the winner or something. I don't know, but yeah, you read a lot of um, prosperity myth books. It's pretty cool. It was neat. It's over here somewhere, but I think it's true though. There's like a huge percentage of people that win the lottery and go bankrupt because it is, but it's, um, it's a circumstances thing. People are used to managing a budget of, uh, whatever hair's breadth between you know starving and not you give them 10 million dollars well what the hell is 10 million dollars it's like fake like what is that um it's monopoly money and so then you might buy a bigger house well you're not factoring in the property taxes on that thing are going to be insane right yeah um so all that stuff you know builds in um and then you tell too many people because you're not used to having money and so is literally everyone who knows you and then say you're of a generous bent 
you're giving too much money away. Yeah. And then you're bad at compound interest because, frankly, you've never invested in anything ever in your right. entire life because you're poor as shit. So, end result is, you don't know interest. You're not like, okay, I got $10 million. I'm going to put $5 million in like a whatever, some, some, index, have, some in- index fund that's going to get 10% every year for the duration of my life. And I could spend that right. money and just live on that. Right. Yeah. Instead, you're, uh, you're blowing a bunch of it. And then you're like, well, I've still got 500000 left. Well, that's not going to last you when you've got to pay 40000 in property taxes every year or whatever right. it is. Well, you feel bad. So like the kid gets $10,000 for his, and hopefully he manages it well. But if he goes out and spends like 12000 like, okay, well, you still owe like four grand of taxes on that. Like, oh, yeah. And you spent more than you actually got. Like that's, you know. Well, that's, well, that's, that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it, that stuff is just going to happen. And the hope is that the schools have something in place to help these guys, you know, yeah. give them some tax advice, give them some stuff. Because like they're going to be paid just cash. It's not Taxes are not going to be ha- taken out of this stuff. And so set aside 40% of that. Like that's, yeah, that's, that, that'll cover the government's cut uh, in its totality. Nice. Um, all right. We got another voicemail. I'll play this one for you. Hey guys, this is Evan from Tempe. Uh, I just had a question. Um, I just want to know who you guys, uh, favorite recruiting analyst is for a uh, Pac-12 teams. You know, I know you guys have had Brandon Huffman on the pod before. Uh, I know he's obviously really good and, you guys have mentioned Greg Biggins, so you probably like him too, or maybe Adam Gorney. I just kind of want to know who you guys think is uh, the best that covers Pac-12 recruiting. So uh, appreciate it. Thank you. A three-way tie. Yeah, it's like asking your favorite child or yeah, favorite no, we can't do uncle that. or something. You know, but it's Brandon. Brandon. <laughs> I, we love. I we are very lucky that we have Brandon Huffman, Greg Biggins. Blair Angulo, all in our region, mm-hmm. all kicking ass, doing that stuff. Taking names. Yes. Yes. Uh, it's uh, Brandon's birthday, by the way. Happy birthday, Brandon. Happy birthday, Brandon. Uh, I would say Blair has the best head of hair. Yes. He's the best baseball player of the group. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's the best tweeter of the group? Going to go... Mm, that's I a think tough Biggins. one. I, I think, think Biggie might be the best. Yeah. Um, Brandon doesn't free himself enough on Twitter. He needs to really let himself live. He on could. Um, does a lot of good stuff. Uh, Avery Strong is his birthday. Go go to his Facebook page. Yes. Donate to uh, the foundation. Yes. I did absolutely. that this morning. You should do that too. Go do it. Yes. Um, he's awesome. I mean, uh, yeah, they're all great, which is awesome. So both Angels fans, right? Yes. Uh, Biggins is a Browns fan. I mean, uh, Huffman's a Browns fan. Yes. Uh, Biggins, Rams fan, I think. Yes. Blair, I forget football. Dodgers fan. I don't Huge know if he's, a, fan. I don't oh, know if he's a big uh, football, big yeah. pro football yeah, guy. Yeah, so there, there's just Dodgers Angel thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, it is funny to hear like how the path for the Angels to win another World Series on their timelines and stuff, but it doesn't really happen. But they're, they're all great. We love them. And yeah, I like Adam Gordy too. He's another network, but I've known him for years and stuff. So good dude. Yes. So, but uh, we love our guys. We are very lucky to have them as part of the 24 7 Sports Network. We are loyal. Yeah. We love our guys. Uh, I think the What's Brewing show is first. Do you want to start with All that? All right. We will start with fellow podcast, the What's Brewing show. Commissioner Kalashnikov. Kalashnikov. Uh, dear Ryan and bomb throwing anarchist. I think that's me. <laughs> Uh, when the new commish was named a couple months ago, an immediate nickname occurred to me, and that's what we've gone with on What's Bruin Show, Commissioner Kalashnikov. To me, it conjures images of a new gun hired for the conference to clean up the mistakes of the past under Scott, and it also has the benefit of retaining the Eastern Bloc Russian flavor. 
I am including our drop that you are free to use, but are in no way obligated to play. If it's not to your style or sensibility, keep doing the football lord's work. XOXO Jake from the What's Bruin Symposium. And since I was in the office yesterday, I prepared this for you. Kalashnikov. <laughs> Do we like it? I think it's pretty good. I, I like it. Yeah. I like it. Uh, Kalashnikov, that's AK-47, right? Yes, that's where that's, that's coming yeah, from. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, the, okay. We're in. We're in. We are uh, committed. The Soviet uh, assault weapon that you can find in any Eastern <laughs> Bloc country and all over the world. Yeah. Yes, we love it. Uh, so we like that more than uh, uh, George Cleaver. Uh, what was the George Cleaver one? That's well, just I was going to call him Cleaver. Oh, Cleaver. Oh, yeah. I think. Well, we don't have a drop for that, so yeah. I think we have to go with it. Okay, there we go. Maybe we'll bring it up at Pac-12 Media Day. Um, well, thanks, uh, thanks, Jake. We always love fellow podcasters. We do. We love them. Um, it's funny. I started the Parastel Podcast in like 2008. And a little show, if you guys like college football, The Solid Verbal, they started in 2002. I just saw this week they have like a big dude, like Dan Rubenstein has been working in sports media, but like he pretty much does The Solid Verbal in that group full time now. Ty had a regular job. Like he had like this mysterious day job or whatever. Like all Has he been able to quit that now? He just did like this week or something. So he is now full time Solid Verbal person. So he's he's left his like... I forget what it was. I think he told me some, but it's, they put it on their Patreon, what his job was, whatever. But it was like, um, they're doing that full. They're both doing it full time now. That's awesome. Yeah. Good for them. So like, yeah, they've been doing it for a long time. We are not. No, we're not doing this full time, but you know, these are like our jobs, but just not. Yeah. Sort of. Uh, all right. Let's see. Next one. Uh, Hithliday. Habakkuk. 218. Uh, I'm going to go Habakkuk, right? Habakkuk? Okay. Hang on. Let me uh, let me look this up. Habakkuk sure. 218. All right. So this is, um, <clears throat> of what value is an idol carved by a craftsman or an image that teaches lies? For the one who makes it trusts in his own creation, he makes idols that cannot speak. Hmm. Great. Is this, is this like a shot at like religious icons or what is this? Or no, is this... Maybe you're making an idol outside of what the religious world would be. I, mm, I don't know. Mm. I just came from a country that has lots of different gods, or used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, there's, there's a lot going on there in Habakkuk 2.18. Yeah. Okay, so Hitler says, do certain Pac-12 schools have a comparative advantage over others when it comes to potential name, image, and likeness deals that are new to the recruiting equation? Um, probably yes. I suspect the answer is not really, since the same local economics uh, that thrive on college ball and contribute to athletic funds, restaurants, car dealerships, etc., already exist in every town. If cheesy local ads featuring offensive linemen endorsing the corner buffet are to be made, there's plenty of cheddar to go around. Uh, But to hear from other fan bases, Phil Knight is personally handing out Nike contracts, along with his usual duffel bags full of cash. Breaking news. I, I didn't realize that this was happening. Uh, thanks, Hithliday. We didn't. Okay. So, according to Hithliday, Phil Knight just is a bag man, 100%. That's now it's legal. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, and he says, and the beloved American corporations like in Seattle, like Microsoft, Amazon, and Boeing, have exciting internship opportunities for Washington scholar athletes. How are the Tucson's and Pullman's of the conference to compete with that? Yeah. I mean, I would say so far, I haven't. I don't know. I, it seems like a lot of this is like, uh, what can you make on cameo for a lot of these dudes? Like, yeah. um, and also, 
I, I think it's much more about monetizing social media following. Yes. And you're going to get like, um, you know, actual like marketing companies who then use you to like publicize stuff that they have contracts with. I would imagine yeah. it's going to be a I lot think of Bryce intermediaries. Young, Bryce Young has like a million followers or something yeah. on like Instagram, whatever it is. Like I, we mentioned this before. There was like some walk on uh, wide receiver at Kansas State that has like a million TikTok followers. He's going to get a big deal because he has a million followers, you know, like I even if he's just in a small market like that. Yeah. I mean, so that's a big part of it. But, but no, I, I don't actually think there's much. I mean, y- you would think if if uh, there's if we're talking a bunch of small time deals, I don't think there's a big comparative advantage for anybody. The question would be like the schools that have truly very, very, very wealthy boosters, if those boosters got more involved um, and the ones who own businesses that would make sense for a sponsorship opportunity. Um, and there's, you know, there's a few I can think of from UCLA. I'm sure there's a few you can think of from USC. Um, and there's some schools that just don't have, you know, they've got obviously a booster base, but they don't have that level of booster base. Um, but we're going to have to see all that plays out. I think you're more or less right, Hithliday, that there's going to be, um, you know, dealerships in every town and that sort of stuff that are going to um, actually be the bread and butter of this for most teams. But I, I think it's going to, I think there's going to be differences, but not necessarily huge advantages. Like, does LA better than Pullman? There's going to be instances where Pullman's better. Like, if you're in Pullman and, you know, they probably know more about the entire team. Uh, like, if they had a fullback, which they don't, but if they had a fullback, like, they would know who that is. Like, the average guy walking around Pullman might, you know, is probably more likely to be a Washington State football fan than the average guy walking around the streets of Los Angeles knows. USC, UCLA, there could be a guy that has no clue what's going on with that. So there's something to be said for you might, it, it might go deeper in Pullman. You might be able to get more players where in LA, you're like, uh, I want to get Dorian Thompson Robinson. I want to get Keaton Slovis outside of like the stars on the team. You might not get as much in LA because you're in a big city right. where if you're in like a college town, you might be, get the whole damn team. Like people would know like something about all, like there's value in the, being the left tackle where there might not be value to be in UCLA's left tackle in Los Angeles, unless you're like going to be a first round draft pick. But like the Kayvon Thibodeau thing, depending on how much money he's getting and stuff, I mean, what does that do? Does that mean the next five star coming along says, I'm going to go to Oregon because I know as like the stud recruit, I'm going to be taken care of? Right. Does it hurt other recruiting? Like, well, I'm not the five star guy and he's the only one that got that deal. You know, I don't, I mean, like we said, there's just going to be a lot of factors that go into this. Totally. Different, you know, advantages, disadvantages, whatever. All right. So this is one from uh, Paul Webfoot. Which is more likely? Oh, whoa. This is a long one. Uh, it's not that long. Okay. Greetings, champions. Your last podcast didn't even come close to two hours long, and that makes me sad. So here, read some scenarios and tell us which is more likely. But first, a joke. <laughs> what do Clay Helton, Chip Kelly, and Billy Graham all have in common? All three can make tens of thousands of people stand up and exclaim, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Love it. Uh, with that out of the way, which is more likely to happen this year? All right. Okay. More likelies. Uh, UCLA wins all three out-of-conference games, or Oregon wins all three out-of-conference games? So Oregon has at Ohio State and, like, two cadavers, right? Or two, like, cupcakes mm-hmm. or something. If so, I, okay, I haven't so looked at it. Like, let's do okay. it like this. All right, so Oregon uh, football schedule. We're, I think you're right. I think it's um, 
Oh, come on. Don't give it to me easy. Give it to me on the uh. You know what you hate when you do this where you Google something and um, it doesn't give you the immediate display of it. No. You have to then click another link. Yeah, that's bad. Come on, what the hell? Um all right, hang on. Hey, just you know what? Sit tight out there, okay? This is uh Oh, Award-winning what, podcasting. What is this? Why is it doing this? Okay, why are you making it this hard to do this? Mm. Why are they doing it? Can you tell me? I, I, I don't know. Why is it the second link on this list? Okay, they've got Fresno State, common opponent with UCLA, uh, Ohio State, and Stony Brook. Yeah. Okay, so, so not so, okay, so one cadaver and then one decent team. A cadaver in Stony Brook that they should win 99.9% of the time. Yes. Fresno State, where they should be a 95% winner, more than likely. Yeah. And Ohio State, where they are probably, what, 40%? Yeah. 35% to win? I would go 35, sure. Okay. UCLA has Fresno State at home, I would say 85% winner. Yeah. Uh, Hawaii at home, 80% winner, something like that. LSU. And then LSU at home, which at home, LSU had a bad year last year. UCLA is a little bit better. You could talk me into 50-50. Yeah. But even doing that math, I think it's still Oregon. I think I would go with Oregon. But it's by a hair. By a hair. It's a good question. It's pretty close. Um, the problem is I think Oregon has to, and they just need to upset Ohio State. Yeah. Like, UCLA could beat LSU and still lose one of the other two games. Yeah, it's a not – it's a – for for Oregon, it's almost a non. It's almost just like barely a non-zero thing with the yeah. Fresno State and Stony Brook. With UCLA, I mean, there's a there's a pretty decent chance they lose to one of Hawaii and Fresno State. And it's hard to go zero and nine and then three and zero, right? Like correct. You got to go from never winning an out of conference game to winning all three. Yeah, we'll go with Oregon here. Yeah. All right. Uh, USC goes independent, or the conference becomes the Pac-14. Pack fourteen. Yeah, I think Pack fourteen for sure. No question, because you you, you want to know what you want to know what mm. USC is never going independent. I wouldn't think so. Well, Mike Bone came out and uh, I think we I don't know if we talked about this, but he sort of backed off when he came on my show and was like, "Where everything's on the table, we could start cause a stir." He sort of backed off that now. I think he likes. Uh, I, I think he likes our buddy Kalashnikov. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but uh, despite your wildest dreams, Ryan, USC is never going independent. Oh. Um, all right, next up, uh, Jaden Daniels' mom gets banned from the stadium and all other football activities, or Jaden Daniels' mom is added to the recruiting staff. Got to go number one there. Uh, I don't know much about Jaden Daniels' mom, to be honest. She was involved in the process. Okay. In what's going on there. She's very involved. She's a yes. helicopter mom. Yes. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go with uh, your gut on that one then. All right, Arizona goes bowling, or Arizona finishes the season rated below Kansas? More <sighs> likely is bowling, I would say. I don't think they're going to be that bad. I'm I'm a uh, I'm a fisherman. Mm. Is that is that anything? I talked to a, a national uh, whatever sports guy who's a, a fish guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they there's there's a lot of people bullish on Jed Fish. He's recruiting well. Is that is that national guy? Is does his name rhyme with Bruce Beldman? <laughs> no, it actually wasn't. It was a different one. Uh, I think Bruce is probably high on him too. Oh, he probably loves fish. Yeah. Um, but. I think it's going to take a year, you know? Mm-hmm. I think it's going to take a little while. So. so you're going the opposite. I don't know much about Kansas, but I think going bowling is going to be tough. Yeah, okay. So I'll go with the Kansas one. Oregon State makes and wins any bowl game, or Washington State wins the Apple Cup? I'm going to go Washington State wins the Apple Cup because I'm not – I don't know about Washington yet. Um, now, in light of – so here's how, here's what could happen. No, I guess I could not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, like, 
Washington State misses the game before the Apple Cup and gets rest. You oh, know, okay. Because of COVID stuff. And then they come in and they beat Washington. Or because Nick Rolovich doesn't get vaccinated, he actually um, inculcates with like incubates inside of him an especially powerful form of COVID <laughs> that is actually like has an immediate effect. And obviously the Washington State team gets through the year having gotten this already. Yeah. So they're like almost mutant strong by that point. <laughs> but it immediately affects the Washington team. Oh, like they're like just it. like throwing up on the field the whole by thing. By halftime, they're done. Right. And uh, Washington State wins by default. All right, so super COVID, Washington <laughs> right. State virus. Okay. Okay, yeah, I think we both got our answer there. Uh, a Pac-12 team goes undefeated in conference play, or all Pac-12 teams take at least two conference losses? Oh, I like this, too. Um, I'll go one. Yeah, I think the first one. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure who's going to come out of the South, but it could be a, someone runs the table. I think the North, I mean, like an Oregon has a, a real shot, because... You know, how good is Stanford going to be? We probably think they're going to yeah, be. Yeah, it's going to be Oregon-Washington for the yeah. North. And and I don't know if Washington's going to be that good. You know, like, I'm just not sure. Yeah. Um. So, well, yeah, I, I think uh, I'll go go number, number one on that one. Yeah. And then he says, thanks for the pod. Uh, David, crack open a cold IPA. Open A-O-A-N-N and relax. Ryan, get back to work. We're counting on you. Thanks, Paul. He, Dave was watching that when he walked in. He had it on his phone. Uh, okay, NIL game of assets under management. So this is from Scott in Washington. So Ryan Dave, uh, in regards to NIL, jersey sales and autograph signings, why nice, I think he means wild nice, are going to be a rounding error compared to where the real money is going to be in regards to paying players. Okay, should be good. This numbers slash, uh, number slash capitalism exercise might not hold David's interest. Not much does, by the way. So, Ryan, you may have to summarize at the end. So, here goes. Uh, every $30,000 invested in an index fund for a potential recruit at 18 would be worth a million dollars when the player turns 62. Okay. First of all. You've already bored everyone because no 18-year-old is thinking about what their money is going to look like when they're 62. No. If you get $30,000 at 18, pizza, beer, and then figure something else. Yeah. Like you are not putting it like... In an index fund for when I'm 62, I will have a million dollars. Jesus, like, I don't think I knew what an index fund was until like three years ago. Yes, get out of here. I try to teach you these things. Okay, as the extreme example, Phil Knight or his estate could sell off one half of one percent of his portfolio and use the 30 million dollar proceeds to stake every men's football uh, player. I think he means along with men's, women's, and basketball scholarship class. Uh, that same investment is now worth multi-generational money to the player and their families of $30 million and would be extremely hard for anyone to turn down, much less a 17 to 18-year-old. Look, Scott, all all you're doing is just a masturbatory exercise that everyone does when they're thinking about their lottery winnings. We're like, you know what? I could spend $9 million of the $10 million I get and just put a million dollars in in an index fund, and then in 30 years, that's actually going to be $6 million. Yeah. Like that's all you're doing right here. That's yeah, you're just you're you've you you've gotten excited about compound interest, and I love it. But that's the wealthy barber that you hated. Me, yeah, that yeah. I'm okay. I'm sure donors at Texas A Texas A and M, Columbus, Athens, Bama, and the rest of the blue bloods are aware of this and have been or slash are or should be coming up with plans. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Aware of what? Compound interest. <laughs> I I think you're like you're trying to sell. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. 18-year-old kids are not excited about their 401k, like, <laughs> yes. right? Like, 
it's really hard. Like when you get your first job at 22, they have to pound into your brain, like put no, the no, no. money in the 401k. I remember, I remember my, my first job where I got offered um, 401k matching. I was like, why do I want that? You're an oh, idiot. you're, you're going to give me free money, but I don't get to have it? No, no, sorry. I don't want this. Right. So, yes, this is. I, I don't know who you're like, you're using whatever, bra- whatever, however old your brain is, you're using that. And oh, no, even, it's uh, it's my stupid brain, which is often over. No, no, not you. I'm talking about yeah, yeah. Scott. But yes, there, you could tell someone our age that they're like, oh, screw that. I'm not saving or whatever. You're, it's, an 18 year old is definitely not going to do it. No. Some kid that's like going to college to play football and like, is, you know, you can't do that to NFL players. They sign some $40 million contract and blow it all and have like 10 kids with five different women and just it's all gone like they're not putting money away so this is not no this is uh i don't even know where i was okay uh he said it'd be extremely hard for anyone to turn down much less a 17 or 18 year old those are exactly the people that would turn it down oh no i'm sorry um so he said so the blue bloods are aware of this and have been or should be coming up with plans to make this happen even sc and casey wasserman at ucla have the la donor money to play in the waters anyway that is where I see this going. It's going to become a game of which universities have, quote, companies that can create, market, grow their assets and portfolios, i.e. bigger private endowment with funds win. Uh, if you think the difference between the have and the have-nots was wide before, this no rules Wild West NIL is going to make it look like a tea party. Hashtag rich get richer. Thanks for the shows. Go dogs, Scott and Washington. Yeah, I think he completely missed this. Like, you are not bringing a, ki- a kid in and saying, we're going to give you money, but you're not going to spend any of it because it's going to be worth a buttload when you're old. Like That's you're, not going to win when, anyone over. Yeah, it barely wins me over. I'm like, why do I want this money when I'm in my 60s? I'm going to be decrepit. Like, I don't want this. No. No offense to the 60-year-olds and plus out there. Uh, but like, no, I want to spend it now. I want this money now. <laughs> I love that you said, I don't want free money. <laughs> I, I don't want free money that I can't spend. Any one of you, if you ever turned out matching, just stop. You're driving. Yeah, me no, honestly, you're you're, uh, and I say this as a uh, wizened old thirty-five-year-old now. Uh, it's very stupid, um, <laughs> very very dumb. And even if even if like even if you have no intention of going forward with your four hundred one k or four hundred three b, when you leave that job, you can empty that stuff anyway, and it's then free money. Yeah, you got to tax it quite a bit, but it's free money that you get then. Yeah, so. Strongly recommend uh, say yes to free money. Free, free money is good. All right. This is uh, Brad J. Whoa. Brad in Portland. What if? Playoff trigger warning. Hey, guys. Warning. At the end of May, I asked about the playoffs, and Ryan got a little triggered. So you and anyone else has been warned. That's like, not you. That was me. Oh. Uh, how many of these guys do you think <laughs> don't know which one of us is which? Do you, I, so I listen to some podcasts, and you're not sure. Like, we mentioned Solid Verbal. We have two I know very guys. different voices. Very different. There's some that are close. Right. Like, I know Ty and Dan, like, on Solid and, and most of them, when you're shut down full cast stuff, I don't know who the hell's talking because I don't know them well. Right. And they just, they don't introduce themselves. They just talk. And, right. Um, I think you should know us apart. I would think I, so. I would think so. I would think so. But anyway, um, since the 12-team playoff is looking more like when it will happen than if it will happen, I thought it would be fun to do a little what if the college football playoff had always had 12 teams. I know we are getting, hang on. Uh, I know we are getting into the heart of summer when the whole Disney princess thing started a few years ago, but if you are up for it, I think it would be interesting to see if there's anything that jumps out to you off the chart below. I took the top 12 teams for each year and replaced the team in 12th place if there were not six conference champions. Happened every year but 2018. 
I also took a team out of the top four if they were not a conference champion, 2018 Notre Dame and 2017 Alabama. I also totaled the number of teams that each conference could have had in the playoff each year. I was surprised that the Big Ten would have gotten more teams over the years than the SEC. One thing I will concede is that if the committee had been actually seeding these teams, there would have probably be a little tweaking some years, or Utah would have played Oregon back-to-back in 2019. Take a look at the chart and let me know what you think is interesting. So I think his last point is a good one as far as when they're doing these rankings, like for the, for the playoff, like all that matters is top four. So would they have cared if like TCU got in above like Florida, like at eight and nine or, or 12 and 13 or something? Probably not. But if there's a 12 team thing, I think it, those all would matter. And you might see, well, Florida's got a bigger name. We're going to, like, they might get in there. So you might have seen more SEC teams if they were actually ranking for a 12 team playoff, I think. Yeah, I think that's right. But also, what I would say here is it kind of um, stands up the point that uh, the Pac 12, from a strength standpoint, is functionally no different from the ACC and the Big 12. Um, yeah. 11 potential playoff teams if there were 12 team playoffs going back the years. 10 for the Big 12, 10 for the ACC. Um, and from an average number of teams standpoint, it's even higher. Um, so there's there's obviously a world of difference between the Big 10 and the SEC and the rest of the crew. Um, but uh, Pac-12 is right there with the ACC and the Big 12. So Yeah. I mean, three of the six years, the ACC only makes one team in. But the one team is Clemson, and they're, you know, got a good shot to win it. So that's why you get that, that bump. So... Part of the reason why I want to see a playoff expansion is that, you know, this was good. You'd have some representation here. And, you know, who knows? You know, Washington in 2016. That's what you know. I always hear from Ryan. Representation matters. It does. Mm-hmm. That's what I always hear from you. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying a fact. I want to see him in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like 2016, USC and Colorado being in it with Washington. Like, I, you know, someone's going to advance. I mm-hmm. like it. Yeah. yeah. Get a playoff win. Great. Love it. I'm done arguing about the playoff with you, Ryan. Oh. I don't have to argue because we know it's it's inevitable. But uh, yes, so Brad, thanks, but I wasn't the triggered one. Um, okay. Oh, this was the the five star review. Who sent that one in? Uh, so we, I think we got it though. I think that was the review that yeah we ended up reading. So was that the one? You I don't know. Uh, I can look at it real quick. Uh, oh no, this is a, so this is a review that um, apparently went up on a UK version of it, but it's. Uh, uh, Utah, Oregon. After listening to the podcast for years, I finally figured out what the POC is. Root beer. While some people like it after the first taste, uh, listen. Others take longer for it to grow on. Give it enough time, it will be something that you enjoy. When you tell others about it and get them to take a sip, listen, then e- they either see why you enjoy it or wonder what the heck is wrong with you that you think this is a good drink sports podcast. Uh, thanks. So I don't know why that didn't. That was from. Uh, not sure why that didn't go through. But yeah, I don't know. Is that your experience with root beer? I see this. I would have different experience. Like root beer is something I liked as a kid, and I, I have not drank it since. I don't think. Like maybe yeah, randomly. I'm similar. Like I've had it as a as an older person, but like yeah, it was very much Rare. my like my my. If I was drinking a soda, my soda of choice was root beer. Back in the day. Back in the day. I think it was a cool thing when you were a kid. Yeah. Like root beer is like. I don't yeah. know, maybe because it had beer in it. Like, well, it, also you could get the like fancy bottle of it too. Yes, like that was cool. Like where you could drink it out of the glass bottle because you couldn't you couldn't easily get the glass bottles of other stuff. 
root beer floats too. Like root beer floats. Dessert. You know what? A root beer float sounds pretty good right now. I could do that. Yeah. You want to get one, two straws? <laughs> we could share. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I just I just ate a bunch of cookies, so yeah. Uh, no root beer float. Those are very good. Oh, yeah. So okay. root beer, root beer is good stuff. Yeah, we'll take it. Okay. Uh, last one I think from Mark. Big Twelve collapse. Hello, champions. I don't know why I'm doing that. With today's reports of Texas and Oklahoma inquiring about joining the SEC, this surely would spell doom for the Big 12. Which schools, if any, do you think that the Pac will should go after should the Big 12 collapse, your friend in Vancouver, Mark? Thanks, Mark, and thanks for that read, David. Um, I saw somebody tweet, I forget who it was, there's not a lot of Big 12 schools that are what, like the AAU, in the AAU group that would, is that what is it? AAU, like the, some kind of university group. AAC. Where, no, not, not the conference. It's like uh, some university, like research university yeah, or something. Yeah, I think it's the AAU. Is it AAU? No, it's not the AAU. I forget what, AAC maybe, whatever it was. But it's there, like the American Academy of Colleges or something. I don't know. I don't think there's, at least the tweet I read, I should have like looked into this more. Um, not as many of the Big 12 schools, so it might be tougher for the past. Association of American Universities. You were right. It is the AAU. Oh, okay. What well, a there. jerk I am. <laughs> AAC. I just I assumed you knew what you were talking about. Like, you know, you're like liberally educated, you know, university guy. You no, I'm just predisposed shit. to disagree with you and then uh, <laughs> fall flat on my face. I Don't call me, but I feel like there's not as many schools in the Big 12, so there might be fewer choices to join. Um, you probably got like, you want rice or whatever to come in. Like, I don't think that's going to be, um, yeah, but I want to say you could get interesting because if there's the breakup, I think, um, uh, Houston's not in it either. Hmm. Houston's not. No, but like, who would you want? Like, just look football wise. Like, would it be like Oklahoma state, like Baylor, TCU? You wouldn't want Baylor or TCU more than likely. Okay. Uh, you could get after Rice. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's not there's not too many great options. No, I there. mean the good ones are Oklahoma. <laughs> hold, hold your nose and get Kansas. Oh, just that's like a basketball thing. Yeah, go go basketball and then hope their football like eventually gets better. Yeah, that has not gone. No, like if you're if you're sitting there and the SEC gets Texas and Oklahoma and you end up with Rice and Kansas. Geez. Yeah. You're you're not playing the same sport. No, you're no longer playing the same sport. Yeah, I think you're better off just staying at 12 at that point. Yep. Um, All right. Well, that's it. That was the last question. That is it. And that was the last question. The podcast of champions is back, baby. Uh, This is our first July show. It's July 21st. That's probably bad. Yeah. Um, well, think about it. There was that one year when I had first moved to Georgia where we didn't think we didn't know if we were going to continue. And I think we went four months without a show. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So this is better than that. Those were very sporadic. Those um, were. This was. I mean, I was gone for like a good two weeks because there was like a day and a half travel on each end of like mm-hmm. 12 days in Greece. And so, you know, there was a few days before I left that we didn't record. And then. You know, I got back like Saturday. We, you know, so it's been, it's been a minute. It's been a uh, hot minute. Yeah, but uh, but now we're back, and we're better than ever. I think we are, and we got Pac-12 Media Day coming up. Now David wants to go. Ryan's excited about it. He can barely contain his. Do you want joy. me to see if I could get you in at the last minute? No, I'm okay. Okay, I'm all set. All right, I could you know try to work my magic. Hey, if you want to work your magic, that's great. 
Yeah, but he would show up, and then I would like be asking for a favor, and then like he didn't even come. Like you know, that's the problem. But that's fine, right? <laughs> no, it's not. You want to use your favors for good things. Yeah, go pull some strings. I'll be there. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, that's going to wrap things up. David Woods, uh, I'm Ryan Abraham. You've been listening to the podcast of Champions. Hope you enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time. Bye. Okay. Picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.